Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cathedral Sport Podcast and yet again it's another fan guest feature for you hosted by myself Ash Bob away again folks he's apparently got tons of studying to do for his uni work and stuff to catch up on so I'll be on my own on my Todd so to speak for this one this week personally I think the Rebs up to something more sinister behind the scenes like planning world domination or something like that you just never know what that man is capable of folks you never never know anyway Ladies and gents, who is our fan guest this evening? Well, without further ado, I'd like to welcome onto the Cathedral, Martin Rose of Fife Outfit, Rafe Rovers. Martin, how are you, my friend? And thank you for agreeing to come on the show. Hello, Ash. Yeah, I'm really good, mate. How are you doing? I'm absolutely fine, mate. Yeah, absolutely fine. Um, first podcast I've done in about, what, seven or eight days now. So, yeah, it's quietened down a little bit because normally we do about two or three a week. So... It's been a nice little break. So, right, let's get stuck in, mate. I mean, how I always start with with all our guests, where where did you grow up and why Rafe Rovers? bit of background about yourself. Yeah, well, I, I grew up in Kirkcaldy, uh, which is obviously where Rafe are based. Um, my dad was a fan. My dad actually played um, at like under 15s, 15s 18s level for, for Rafe back in the day. Um, so obviously he was he was a big fan of them um, and he started taking me along to games when I was probably sort of four five years old um, or just going along to Starks Park on a Saturday and uh, you know occasional occasional away games but mostly just mostly just the home ones Yeah I mean I'm gonna I guess it seems a common theme with a lot of people to, to follow who their dad supports um, but I'm gonna jog your memory mine so no pressure mate at all <laughs> your first your first Rafe game what do you remember who was it against just tell our listeners what made you want more after that um well it's funny you should say that because I actually uh, I spoke to my dad on the phone for about an hour the other night um and I said look I'm, I'm going on this podcast in a couple of days can you remember um can you remember what the first game you took me to was and he said he reckoned it was either against uh, Denny or Dunfermline. Um, I can just remember, like, obviously by this point I'd have been old enough to enjoy football as a sport, you know, having watched it on the telly and stuff like that. And I can just remember just kind of getting there. Um, we sat in the old railway stand at Starks, which is not really in use anymore. Um, yeah. It was the only one of the three stands that actually had seats. Um, so the, the the other stands were all the old um, the old terracing. Uh, and yeah, I just remember kind of soaking it all in and thinking, wow, this is this is just amazing. Um, yeah. I can't actually remember if we won in that game or not, but um, you would you would probably imagine that we did if I wanted if I wanted to go back. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I kind of vaguely remember my first game as a kid. My uncle, my uncle Steve, took me to uh, sorry, didn't took me, dragged me along to Loftus <laughs> Road, um, uh, Queens Park Rangers, and uh, 
all I remember, I didn't remember anything from the game at all. And I've had, I've had to Google it in my in my adult years to, to see actually what the score was and who scored. It was actually against Coventry. It was a 1-1 draw. And uh, Roy Wegerly or something scored for Cuba. I don't know. But all I remember is having this balloon, right? And just <laughs> chasing, chasing after this balloon that I kept letting go out my hands for that the whole game. And uh, yeah, it must have done my uncle's head in at the time. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do I do vaguely remember my uh, first game. But Martin, what we're gonna we're gonna move on. Um, we, look, we have to talk about it, mate. And we're probably gonna get a few groans now from some East East Five fans or, or the pars here listening in, as they've probably they've probably heard it a lot before, tons before, and then it's probably just keep like reminding them about it. To be honest, but so just for them. Just for you guys, past fans and East Five fans, we're going to talk about it all over again. Scottish League Cup, 94-95, Martin. Ibrox Park, Rafe Rovers v Celtic. Rovers were written off big time. Tell us about the game and what it, what it meant to beat one of the old firm in a major cup final. Um, well, I'm glad that you brought that up so that I didn't have to because uh, had you not, then I definitely would have. I'm sure you know that. Um, yeah. I was I was there. I think I must have been six or seven. Um, my dad and I and a group of folk from Kirkcaldy went through. Um, again, I remember the atmosphere. You know, I had I hadn't been hadn't been following the Rovers for very long at the time. So you know, as a as a six or seven year old, you could easily have you could easily have been young enough and naive enough to think, "Wow, is this is you know is this what we're really like?" going to happen every year we're going to get the cup finals and all that sort of stuff and then you know I could really I could really tell from the sense of occasion that uh that this wasn't something that had that was going to happen very often or that had ever happened before um we we drove through to Glasgow um you know we we pitched up and then Obviously, within within ten minutes of ten minutes of the game beginning, we were we were in front, and uh, I just remember, you know, everybody around me just going absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, and it was at that point that you kind of begin to think, well, wait, wait a minute, could we, could we actually do this? And then, obviously. Celtic equalised before before the end of the first half, um, and then took the lead on eighty six minutes, I think, something something like that. Yeah, it was it was real real late on, and uh, the the deflation among the Rovers fans is like nothing I've experienced since, and it was just like oh. God, right. Well, that'll be that'll be that then. Um, but more or less, more or less from the kickoff, we get the ball up to the up to the Celtic half. Um, it goes, the ball gets switched out uh, onto the right. A shot shot goes in, it kind of bobbles up in front of the keeper, and he can't get a good save. And there's um, Gordon Diel to. Put put the ball in the back of the net with his nose, and uh, and bring us level at two all. And again, it was just absolutely pandemonium. 
I can imagine. Um, I can imagine, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so then, obviously, it went to it went to extra time. Um, the Rovers. So um, there's a a recording of the full of the full game that someone taped off the telly that's been uploaded onto YouTube. So I watched like I watched this quite recently, and um, one of the th- one of the things that struck me is how even the game was. You know, I, I kind of always remembered it as, yeah, we got the early goal, but it didn't look like didn't look like doing anything else. Yeah. But I, I've got to say, from watching it from watching it back, we really we really took it to Celtic, and uh, there was a couple of times, even an extra time, where we could have nicked it three two, um, but it went to, it went to penalties, and you know, you're thinking at that point, well. This could this could go either way, and um, uh, Paul McStay misses the last kick, and from my dad's recollection, I got launched into the air. I got thrown into the air, <laughs> and I had no idea where I landed. <laughs> <laughs> um, just absolute what you know what what you would what you would term these days as limbs. People just. Going absolutely crazy. That's absolutely brilliant, mate. Um, one of the greatest upsets of uh, of all time in in Scottish football, in in my opinion. Oh, definitely. Um, and on the on the back of that success, Martin Rovers qualify for Europe and, and swept past the side from the Faroes in the preliminary rounds. They narrowly edged out an Icelandic team in round one. Uh, they I've look. I looked into this today, guys. Right, and uh, trying to pronounce these names, I wrote them down a couple of times. I thought. Do you know what? I just I, I, a team from the Faroes and a team from Iceland. I just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> but um, and then and a little old Rafe drew Bayern Munich in the second round. Firstly, what did that mean to you and the people of Kakodi and surrounding areas, which which Rafe draws support from? That's it's stuff of you know it's Roy the Rovers stuff, isn't it? Really. Well, the, the Icelandic team was Akranis. Yeah, literally. Um, um, and drawn Bayern Munich was. It was the stuff of dreams, you know. I think even even uh, Jimmy Nichol, who was the manager at the time, said that you know you either you either want to get a team who we have a realistic chance of beating so that we can progress, or you want you want a Bayern Munich, you want someone like that, you want a big big name, and um, and Bayern were so big a name that we had to play the first uh, the first leg our home leg at Easter Road because Starks didn't meet the uh, didn't meet the UEFA regulations. Yeah, I remember that. Um I also remember Teletext um seeing seeing the score on Teletext myself. But the image of that scoreboard in the Olympic Stadium in Munich yeah. is now etched into the history of the club when Danny Lennon scored that goal. Was there really hope that Rafe could get another and then maybe kick on to pull off one of the greatest upsets of all time. I mean Bayern Munich nil, Rafe Rovers won at half time in Munich. Um, what? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just incredible to think of now, isn't it? Uh, I know, man. I'm sitting here getting goosebumps thinking about it, honestly. Um, my abiding memory of that tie was we went to we went to the home tie at Easter Road. And um, it's, it's really weird the things that you remember because, uh, you know, uh, but going, going along to Starks Park, you didn't really, you didn't 
the pie stand was just pies and bovrols and peas and whatever. And then, you know, we went to Easter Road and they were selling popcorn. And I thought that was the, I thought that was the best thing ever. You know, well, <laughs> selling green popcorn. And I thought it was just, this is just so bizarre. I, I, so I'm going to interrupt you there, Martin. I had a massive moan in our football show about Arsenal selling popcorn. I did not know that Hibernian were the pioneers of that nonsense. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> you carry on, mate. Sorry, I've had my little rant. No, no, it's fine. Um, I have, I have since been to Easter Road as an adult, and I haven't seen it again. So maybe, maybe they realised the the error of their ways. Um, and um, from in terms of the return leg in Munich, um, we didn't have Sky, uh, so we went to my uncle's house. And he had the uh, the classic dodgy sky uh, with the German sports channel. Um, so we watched we watched the game against Munich on this dodgy sports channel with uh, with the telly on mute and the commentary from the radio on. And um, you know, not not quite as jubilant scenes as having actually been at the game at, at Ibrox, but I can tell you we we were. We were fair and noisy when, when that free kick went in, and actually, um, had had Tony Rougier not fallen over the ball when he was clean through, then it could it could very well have been two each. Unreal! It's it's just unreal to think of um, now that Rafe could have got another goal and been level because uh, obviously Bayern got one two nil at. Um, Easter Road for those for the listeners that don't know. So Rafe being two 0 up in Munich in Munich would have had Rafe two away goals. The tie would have been completely level. But mine, you know, it, unfortunately Rafe went out, and unfortunately, Martin, all good things have to come to an end somewhere for a club, uh, club like Rafe. Times are hard, um, and look, I'm not going to lie, still they still are, especially in the current climate and the gap between the old firm and everyone else in Scottish football widening year on year. But what exactly did happen? Why did the fortunes change so much? after such a hide for a good couple of years? I think um, I think part of it was that the the squad that Jimmy Nicol had assembled started to kind of break apart. You know, people were leaving, people were getting sold and stuff like that. And at, at the heart of the at the heart of the success really was was how tight knit that squad was, because they were, they were assembled for. I read an article, I think, um, either yesterday or the day before, that said it was for somewhere somewhere in the region of about three hundred and fifteen grand, and um, you know, that was it was in relation to the to the Celtic game, and the, the Celtic squad had cost about three million, um, but it was Jimmy Nicol was a really really good man manager. Yeah. So he helped to foster this real sense of togetherness. Um, you know, he let them, he let them on, let them have the tinnies. You know, he let them have nights out. Um, when they when they were at the hotel at the night before the cup final, he told told them who the starting eleven was going to be for the next day, um, and then reappeared from the bar with six pints of Guinness and six pints of lager for them. Um, it was. I hesitate to, to use the term old school, but I, you know, I don't really think there's anything, there's any better way to describe it. He understood that it just had to be this 
kind of group of lads that all wanted to pull together in the same direction because, you know, the squad had been assembled from youngsters like Colin Cameron and more experienced guys coming in like Gordon DL or um, Davey Neri, who was, who was with us for the Cup winning, uh, for the Cup winning squad. Yeah. Um, it's just amazing, isn't it, that you can have a one minute, you can have a, a squad so tight-knit and all it takes is one or two players to leave and then it, it all just falls apart at the seams. And it's such a shame as well because what, what could that team gone on to do if they stayed together longer? There's something I read as well about... Um, having to to cut costs or something like that because of the having to put seats in Starks Park um, due to the, um, the the new ground grading requirements, so to speak, in Scottish football that um, Rafe needed to get up to scratch to to compete at a top level with, with, with seats in their stadium. So I, I also read a snippet about that where, you know, that, that did cause budget cuts at the time and, and maybe that that's another thing that could have, you know, through a spanner in the spanner in the works, so to speak. But mine, I'm going to put you on a spot, big style now, mate. All right, it's quick fire time. Okay, greatest Ray Rafe Rovers player in your lifetime, and why? Um, you're probably talking about someone like Colin Cameron. You know, a dynamic goal scorer mid- midfielder. Um, who went on to to play for for Hearts and play for Wolves and stuff. Um, he was he was fantastic. Um, he was probably yeah one of my, one of my heroes growing up. Uh, him and Danny Lennon. Danny Lennon was was fantastic for us. And again, he was he was a young lad coming through, and um, made made an impression by scoring that goal in the in the uh, UEFA Cup. Yeah, Danny Lennon. For for our listeners that don't know, now the manager of Clyde. In, in, in League Two in Scotland, he actually is 51 or 52. Last year, he actually came on as a sub in the uh, in the Iron Brew Cup, or is it the Caramel Wafer Cup now, whatever it's called. It changes every five minutes. Um, but he came on as a sub at the age of 50 for Clyde against Celtic Colts. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite funny to see. Opposition player, Martin, that winds you up the most. David Gray, I remember um, going along to a Hibs against Rovers game when both teams were in the championship. And uh, he's a dirty, dirty so-and-so. Uh, cleaned, cleaned. I think it was Kyle Benedictus, completely out and managed to get away with a, with a yellow for it. Um, and I was going absolutely off my nut. Yeah, the Hibby, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did, didn't he score the winner in the Scottish Cup? Was it? It was his. It was he. He, was, he scored the winner, didn't he? It was David Gray. That's where it was. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was his header. Ah, we'll forget about that. Um, funniest, <laughs> funniest thing. Funniest thing you've ever seen at a Rafe game. Um, probably not. Not so much seen, but heard. But from the same, from the same game, um, a Rovers fan. Um, shouted one of the best crowd insults uh, I've ever heard. I don't know if I'm allowed to. I don't know if I'm allowed to use ex- expletives. You you can, can you it. can say whatever you want on this show within re- expletives are fine, mate. Yeah, honestly, you go for it. So this guy, 
out of absolutely nowhere just shouts, Cummings, you fucking mutant. <laughs> Direct, directed at Jason Cummings. And uh, I just thought it was the, the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, you I tell you what, guys, for those that haven't experienced Scottish football for my listeners around the world and in the rest of the UK, some of the stuff that you hear here is absolutely outstanding. It really is. Some of the things I've heard, I've even picked up the sayings myself because I've been here so long. I've, I've even, I even say stuff myself now, um, which is which is quite funny, really. Um, worst rivals, Martin, is it the Pars or is it East Fife? I've always wondered this. East Fife, I think, geographically closer, is it? I, th- I think Meffel's closer to Kakali than Dunfermline is to Kakali, but there is a big rivalry with, with Dunfermline, isn't there? And I, I did read read into this a while ago, and a, a friend I used to work with, he is uh, a big Rafe Rovers fan, and he told me um, it was it was to do with class or something as well, where Dunfermline were, were seen as sort of uh, the folk on higher wages, so to speak, and... Uh, People from Kakodi were more the nitty gritty, real blue collar sort of uh, workers, and that, that kind of they kind of clashed culturally, so to speak. Is there is there any truth in that? Um, and and who would you say, Dunfermline or East Fife? Um, I, I, it's got to be the pars. I mean, that's it's one thing. It's one thing that I learned that I learned pretty early on is that we don't like Dunfermline. Um, I never, I've never really known anything about the the class stuff, but um, kind of tying in with the fact that Dunfermline, um, Dunfermline tried to spend a lot of money, money that they actually didn't have, and ended up going bust. Then, then there could be, there could, I suppose there could be something in that. Um, but yeah, the the Dunferm, Dunfermline are definitely the biggest rivals, and. Um, one of the one of the best memories, certainly recently, for uh, being a Rovers fan was uh, the Scottish Cup fourth round, where we beat them three nil. Uh, Lewis Vaughan scored a hat trick, and it was one of the best Rovers performances I'd, I'd ever seen. Yeah, um, which it was all the better because it was it was kind of unexpected. We weren't really doing very well at the at that point. Um, we played East Fife um, between Christmas and New Year, so sort of maybe about a month, a month before that, uh, and we had been absolutely abysmal. Um, I'd got along to the game and bought my ticket for the Dunfermline game whilst I was at the East Fife game, and I came out at the end of the at the end of the ninety, thinking, "My God, we're going to get absolutely turned over by Dunfermline." Um, I would say that they were they were the better team, for the most part. But then um, they got uh, Lee Ashcroft sent off, and just completely completely collapsed from that point. Didn't they? Uh... <laughs> I'm going to bring it up. I think it was against you lot, right? I think that Dunfermline's mascot's called is it Sammy the Tammy or something like that? It's some I don't know what it, I don't know what actually like kind of animal it, it's meant to be. I, I, I've been trying to work it out for ages now. But they had like a like a sort of a card. It came out of a cardboard tank around him and pretended to shoot fans behind the goal. And I, I, I'm sure it was Rave. <laughs> it 
It was. Yeah, it was. Um, Sammy, I think Sammy Tammy's supposed to be a bear. But yeah, he came out in his tank with uh, the machine gun sounds playing over the playing over the PA <laughs> and uh, pre- pretended to shoot their overspans. Um, I wasn't at that game. I'd, I would love to have been at that game. Um, they ultimately had the last laugh um, and beat us and I think then went on to win the league that year. I'm surprised was... there wasn't any sort of charges brought against the club for that. Do you know that? In, in, you know, in this day and age, you know, I, I, like we see it as a joke and a, a, a laugh and all that. And but I'm, I'm surprised that someone in authority didn't see that and thought, "Hang on, that can incite like <laughs> real trouble here." You know, <laughs> oh, there, there was about like, it. There was genuine out. There was genuine outcry after it, like MPs saying this is terrible and all that sort of stuff. It's like. Come on. He pretended to shoot their overspans because we're their biggest rivals. It was just a bit of a laugh. Yeah, I think I think people just look too far into things these days, mate. I've <laughs> I, I I'm laughing now. I find it absolutely hilarious. Uh Sammy the Tammy, fair play. <laughs> anyway, um best away ground you've ever been to. Do you I quite like I quite like both of the grounds in Edinburgh. I quite like um I quite like Tyne Castle. Thank you, uh, thank you. I quite, I quite like it. Um, the one, the one thing I don't like about it is the uh, the turnstiles. Um, they're not so good for a, a larger fella like me. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I quite like, I quite like Tyne Castle. It's, um, it's a good ground. It's got a good, it's got a good atmosphere. Cheers for that. That's my uh, team I frequent here since I since I moved here. Um, so cheers for the compliment. Worst, worst away grounds. I think I know what you're going to say. I hope I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is this is a ground that both um, that you and I went to to watch Edinburgh City. Yes. Um. So it was Clifton Hill, Albion Rovers ground. Oh no! I, do you know what? I, I, at the time when we stood there in the pouring rain, um, for, for our listeners, by the way, um. Martin went to a couple of Edinburgh City games and I used to frequent Edinburgh City games quite a lot, so to speak, uh, as well. Um, so lower league fix. And we went uh, went to Albion Rovers and went to Clifton Hill. And I, I hate, I thought, this is this is awful. How does this pass any sort of safety standard whatsoever? But then I went away and then I thought to myself, do you know what? Do I fucking love that place. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's now up there with one of my favourites to be honest do you know I thought you were going to say Cowden Beef no I've never actually been to Central Park ah, uh, I've never actually been to Central Park I just just go go and go and sit in the away section mate and, and see for yourself honestly <laughs> sorry Cowden Beef fans uh, about that but uh, it's, it's, it's just not fit for purpose really um, just just coming back quickly to to Clifton yeah. Hill, it's it's one of the places where I've heard one of the one of the other best things from someone shouting it out uh, from the stands. Uh, so the Albion Rovers manager, whoever he was at the time, must have been given given some lip to the referee. And from somewhere around me, someone shouted, "Send them to the stand, ref. Make them suffer like the rest of us." Yeah, I... and I just thought that was brilliant. <laughs> Um, Martin, player from your worst rivals, okay, 
that you've always wanted to see in a Rovers shirt. It can be from any era. So any par or pars, sorry, player that you uh, you want to see or wanted to see in a Rovers shirt from any era. Oh, that's a really good question. Um, He's thinking, folks. I've got him. We've got. We've got. Thinking. I am. I am, <laughs> I am thinking because the, the thing is, a lot of like, despite the rivalry, a lot of a lot of good players have actually played for both teams. You know, guys like Joe Cardo or um, Kevin Nisbet. Kevin Nisbet was was with us before he went to. Fairland before getting signed by by Hibs. Yeah. Um I don't know. Callum Higginbotham is the name that's jumping into my head, and I have absolutely no idea why. Good shout. But I think he was pro- he was pro- probably pretty good for for Dunfermline. Yeah, yeah. I I that's a good shout, mate. I'd yeah, Callum Higginbottom. Um where is he now? Is he at I swear he's at Partick Fissel, isn't he? Something I think he went to Partick. Anyway. Anyway, I don't know, but that's that's a that's a good pick, mate. To be honest, um, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't want, I, I didn't realise Joe Carter would play for Rafe as well. I really thought I was like, please don't say Joe Carter. I'm not his biggest fan at all. I can see the appeal of the bloke um, to, to, you know, to fans, uh, the team he plays for, and that. But I've never liked him. He's, he's just, a, he's just a wind-up merchant as well. He, he was doing it at Tynecastle in the Betfred Cup one year, and I was just uh, shouting obscenities at him. Anyway, uh, enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> Rafe were promoted last season. Um, it's been a great start to the 2021 campaign so far. Some solid signings. That, that Duku looks very decent. I must admit, his goal against the, the greatest team in Scotland ever, has ever seen in a Fred Cup at Tynecastle was, some, <laughs> <laughs> was something else. It really was. What are, your, what are your predictions for Rafe this season? And also, how much of a difference is it going to make as the season goes on with Starks, uh, Starks Park being empty? I know other teams are in the same boat. But financially, for a club like Rafe, it's it's really imperative that there's a steady income from ticket sales coming in, mate. Because, look, I mean, us at Hearts, we've, we've sold, what, 12,000 season tickets this season? You know, that that's Hearts are all right financially. But it's it's completely, uh, the further down the league you go, you look, look down, well, not further, you're above us. Um, but look down the league, yeah. And don't you forget. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, look down the league, you look at, look at the Alawas and the Arbrofs and and uh, teams that are even Inverness, Caledonian, Thistle. And you think to yourself, you know, it's, it's it's really imperative that 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 ticket sales come into play and stuff like that. But what are your what are your predictions for Rafe this season? Um, I am cautiously optimistic at the moment about how we're going to do. Obviously, we came in, we had a, a pretty reasonable pre-season other than getting beat 6-2 by Falkirk which was uh, we we basically treated the game as a friendly where they treated it as less so um, but that was that was fine you know yeah. um, we started off didn't look too convincing against East Fife um, but managed to get the win didn't look too bad from all accounts against Harps Um and you, you know, you said yourself the the two, at least one of those penalties was a little bit dodgy, and um, as you've already mentioned, Manny Duku's goal was an absolute rocket in that game. I mean, talk about you're no saving that. Yeah. Um, and then in the first in the first two league games, I expected us 
to probably struggle against Arbroath because they were, you know, we didn't we didn't play very well against them the season that both teams were in League One and they ran away with it. Uh, we're, we won 3-0, should have been four, but Reagan Hendry missed a penalty in the second half. Um, going into the game against Queen of the South, again, I expected us to, to struggle, um, maybe nick it because Queen's hadn't started all that well. We scored five. Um, I think the game this weekend against Dundee will be a really interesting test of, of where we are in terms of, of playing teams that are above our level. So I'd, I'd reckon that we're probably about on the level of our growth in Queen of the South at the moment. Um, Dundee have started reasonably well. They've got a really, really good squad and some quality experienced players. Um, I'd like to say that we'll maybe draw it on, on Saturday, but honestly, I don't know. Um, and in terms of the rest of the season, at the moment, you're kind of thinking, well, it's been a really, really good start, but it'd be easy to get carried away. So I'm still thinking along the lines of maybe sixth or seventh, get us established in the championship, make sure we don't go back down to League One um, and give us give us a bit of a solid foundation to build upon for next season to maybe challenge for challenge for the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, good shout, mate. Um, I think, I think that's where you are. I, I maybe fifth. I don't know. I, yeah. But from what I've seen so far, we're going to go back to that game at Tynecast. I thought, I thought, um, Rafe conducts himself very well in the second half and I'm actually going to be on your side here. Shouldn't really, but I am. They, they, they weren't penalties. Um, um, Absolutely. Certainly, I think. Certainly, I think the first one, it hits his back, and there's there's no chance it's a penalty. Um, with the second one, I can see I can see why it's been given because the foul begins outside the box, but then there's another Hearts player that get, gets taken down. You think maybe the ref could have called it for the first foul and given a free kick, but you know it's. We historically don't do that well in the Betfred, so I'm not not really all that fussed about it. Yeah, um, you've got you made a great point there actually about the second player that got brought down. I completely forgot about that. So I just keep thinking of the the one from outside the box where he like sort of stumbles into the area and then goes over. Completely forgot that a Hearts player got to, got took out um, like a sort of split second later. But yeah, um, <laughs> move on. So just a little bit different now, mate. Tell our listeners, right, okay, uh, our listeners from the rest of the UK, England, Wales, Northern Ireland, or, or Ireland as well, um, etc., that um, might look on a map and think, where is Wraith? I can't see it. Now, what? <laughs> tell, tell our listeners that are not familiar with Wraith, why Wraith are called Wraith and where even is Wraith? So Wraith Rovers are based in Kirkcaldy. If you were to look on a map of the UK, um, Kirkcaldy is in Fife. It's on, it'd be on the right-hand side of the map, the east coast. Um, there's a wee bit up between Edinburgh and Dundee that looks like a little Scotty dog's head. Yeah. And that's where you that's where you would find Kirkcaldy on but, the map. Yeah. Um, there's where is Wraith? Oh, where, where is, is where is the, pla- the actual place Wraith? Um, 
there's a there's a Wraith farm and a Wraith estate, a house in the estate. Ah, so that's that's where it comes from then. That's where it comes from. Right. Yeah. So I, see, do you know what? I never knew that. I I was I always looked and I thought, right, why why are they called Wraith Rovers? Why, why shouldn't it be Kokodi Rovers or I don't. Know. But yeah, <laughs> but then um, it's like it's like Ross County. Ross County are from from Dingwall. Um, but there's some it's like Ross Shire, isn't there? Um. Yeah, in a yeah, historical yeah. county which doesn't really exist anymore because you've got the Highland Council and stuff like that but um, so it's, is it sort of similar to that mate yeah yeah it's along it's along those those sort of right. lines we've got we've got there we've got there right <laughs> um, and also Starks Park was actually one of the first grounds I ever saw in Scotland I mean I, I first the first ever place I landed here was Fife um, for work and I I saw it on the train I didn't cotton on it. Obviously, I knew who Rafe Rovers were as a kid and stuff like that. But I went past this ground and I thought, well, that, looks, that looks pretty decent at that grounds. Um, obviously, we had two big stands at, at, at one end and the, and the, the, the other stand, I should say, uh, which we're going to move on to in a minute. Um, so I was on my way up to Lucas. And I, I didn't have a reception on my phone, so I couldn't, I couldn't Google what RRFC was. I was like, who's that? Who's that? And about 20 minutes later, it just clicked in my brain. It was Rafe Rovers. So, yeah, it's one of the first grounds that I ever saw uh, in, in Scotland when I moved there. Just a absolutely boring story for, <laughs> for you, to be honest. <laughs> um, look, how do you see the club progressing in the next few years? I know you said you want to build a solid foundation in the championship first. But, look, that, that it's, it's easier said than done, Um with the with the financial situation, mate, it, it really is. I think, in an ideal world, within within five years, within maybe five to ten years, it would be nice to see us getting back up to back up to the top flight. And um, we kind of did it a couple of times in the nineties. You know, we were a bit of a yo-yo club for a while, up and down. Um, it sounds from there was a, a Q&A that uh, Bill, what's the guy's name? John Sim, who is the chairman. Um, he basically did a Q&A with Davy Hancock, who runs Wraith TV, um, where you know viewers had viewers had sent in, you know, fans have sent in questions and stuff. Um, and he seems he seems quite ambitious to take the club to as high a level as as what it possibly can be. And that, as a fan. Is something that is absolutely brilliant to hear, because you you kind of touched on it before. Um, the Bayern Munich money really paid for the stadium upgrade, um, and we needed you know we needed to do that at the time to comply with. Uh, it was a minimum capacity of ten thousand that was was put in place, um, and as you said at the time, that caused that caused some financial troubles. A former board member realised that being in the top flight was going to cost him more money, and decided that he wanted out, um, and was basically, you know, taking taking his investment away from the club, which was the point that you touched on, where um, players, you know, there was there was a I think there was kind of fundraisery type stuff happened at the time, but um, players had to. Players had to leave for, you know, quite quite significant sums of money. Fortunately, I think it was 
think it was Colin Cameron went for 800 grand, which is the most that we've ever got for a player. Um, but you know, there's there have been some there have been some bad decisions made in fairly recent times by the board, previous board members. Um, so having having John Sim in charge of stuff, he seems like he really wants to take the club as as high as we can go. So, you know, who knows? Who knows where we could be? But I'd like to see us. I'd like to see us back in the top flight at some point. I'd, I'd like to see Rafe back in the top flight someday um, as well, Martin. It makes a change from from Hamilton surviving every single season. But fair, fair play, look, look, fair play to him. They they've they've done it with with. Hardly a bean to scratch between them, and they seem to get results and manage to stay up every year. So, look, but I, I think I mean I've been to Hamilton a couple of times now, and it's not it's not a Premier Division ground at all. Um, they've not got a Premier Division fan base, whereas Rafe, in my opinion, have. You know, you can easily get a few thousand through the gate at, at Starks Park, five to six thousand a big game, maybe more. So, um. Going to talk about a bit about you now, Martin. You're you're a bit of a musician, aren't you, mate? Here's a chance of you know to promote your music a little bit. Tell our listeners what you're all about and and where to find your stuff. Yeah, um, I've I've played in bands since I was 15. Um, music has always been a massive part of my life, and I've got some I've got some projects on the go at the moment. So, um, one of them is called Songs in Transit, and it's kind of. Uh, upbeat electronic type stuff. Um, you can find that at songsintransit.bandcamp.com. Um, I'm also I've also been working with on some kind of more ambient guitar based stuff with a guy through in Glasgow. We've been sending we've been sending stuff back and forth to each other. Um, we don't have a name for that yet, but that should be that should be coming pretty soon. Um, and through through lockdown I've mostly just you know, I've spent a lot of time just making music. It's kind of what I do. Um, so yeah, it's it's great to it's great to be able to kind of tell people about it. Yeah, no problem. I've, I just tell our listeners that I've uh, I did purchase songs in transit, um, a very very reasonable price. So please get in contact with Martin and and go to the website that that he's just mentioned. Um, very very relaxing stuff, so to speak, and I, I thoroughly enjoy enjoy what I listen to, mate. Um, mine, um, well, not a problem. Much, um, look, mate, thanks so much for coming on the show tonight and, and for giving me your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. And also, also, I'm going to say thanks for editing our John Sitton show. You're a lifesaver, mate. <laughs> oh, you're, you're very welcome. I'm glad, I'm glad to have come on. I've been looking forward to this for a while. And uh, one of the bonuses of this interview is that I haven't had to talk about uh, the Gary Locke John Hughes season, which I was sort of dreading a little bit so I'm quite glad that I didn't have to speak about that I'm not going to push you on it mate you know some people would be like oh <laughs> go on just tell us a bit about it but I'm not going to do that I'm not going to do that right guys um, we're going to close the show we're on Anchor Spotify Apple and Google Podcasts please check us out there's plenty of shows to catch up on coming up we've got something a bit dis- different for you we've got a Dial Square Football Club coming on next week they are the Breakaway Fans Club from Arsenal the mighty Arsenal fans have broken away, formed their own club, gone back to their roots and formed Dial Square as an alternative to the, the greeds they are seeing at the Emirates and the, the corporate route the club has gone down over the years. 
Um, that's going to be a fascinating one. I really want to hear their story and to, to help promote them. Uh, my co-host is, is coming on as a guest. Yeah, the guy that's uh, out for world domination. Uh, Bob Fallon, his, his journey in ice hockey has been an ice hockey fan and following the Caps, the Edinburgh Caps, all over the UK. That's going to be coming up as well. And also we've got Darren Potts from the, pot, uh, the Pottscast podcast, I should say. Uh, he's a Crusaders fan uh, from Northern Ireland and he's going to be talking all things cruise. Guys, we're going to be going visual very, very soon. Um, we're not going to have a fancy media team, so to speak. But I, I'm trying at the moment to work out a way of recording visual calls and stuff like that, so we can actually have a a visual conversation for you to for you to watch instead of uh, the audio all the time. Because I think it's our twenty odd, twenty third, twenty fourth show now, and we really want to start getting visual and pushing that side of things. And guys, look, I know times are hard. If you want to support our content at all. Uh, paypal.me forward slash cathedral sport not cathedral of sport just it's just forward slash cathedral sport um it's give what you can when you can it's just to support our content um we do work really hard behind the scenes and we want to be able to afford one day a decent media team better microphones and all the mod cons so to speak when it comes to digital media um if you want to sponsor a show as well please get in touch with us at cathedral underscore sport on twitter uh, or cathedral sport at outlook.com uh, it's a very very reasonable price to sponsor an episode or sponsor our, our football show um so if you if you want to be generous um or feeling generous i know i look guys i know times are hard um then 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 please feel free to um it, look, as well if you don't if you don't donate it's just a generosity thing so if you don't donate you're still going to get our content we're still going to give you um what we provide every single week so don't worry about it guys it's just give what you can when you can if you can so martin again thank you so much mate um have a lovely weekend and uh yeah mate uh, looking, uh, looking too, forward uh, it's been a it's looking been a forward pleasure. to seeing you again mate uh, when, when all this nonsense is over bud Absolutely. guys we're back next week cheers guys 